Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning, your host of Ask a Coach, the Windermere podcast. In this podcast, we'll tackle some of your toughest real estate questions. Each episode will provide you with detailed answers and proven solutions to some of the biggest challenges facing realtors today. Thank you for listening. My name is Joe Galindo, and welcome to the Windermere Coaching Minute podcast. I will be your host for today's call, and I'm so excited to have Catherine Weir as our guest. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us. No, you're welcome, Joe. Always a pleasure. You know, uh, just as a word of uh, introduction, Catherine is a broker at the Windermere Yarrow Bay office. She's originally from New Zealand and moved to the States in 2004 before launching her career in 2009. Yeah, I first met Catherine in 2020, uh, and it's been such an absolute pleasure to work with her. Catherine is not only a successful real estate broker, but she's got one of the coolest accents of anybody that I know. I just love love talking to you, Catherine, love interviewing you. So thank you again for being on the call today. It means a lot. So before we get started, maybe tell us a little bit about you know what drew you to a career in real estate, and maybe what excites you about working with buyers and sellers? Uh, hi, Joe, and again, thanks for having me. Um, it's that's kind of a, a a big long question. Um, I'll probably start at the beginning. I originally trained as a scientist, more specifically as an immunologist in New Zealand, um, and that was straight out of you know college. And but even then, I was interested in real estate, in particular, investing in real estate and things like that. So when I moved to the US, I had two babies and I initially was drawn to the idea of real estate or getting into it properly was because of the flexibility, um, you know, like as a as a mum with babies, um, you know, you think that you can work around their schedule and all that kind of stuff. Well, what I quickly came to realize is that um, there's more to it than just flexibility. Um, it, it's much more about building relationships and perseverance and, um, you know, being in charge of your own destiny and work. So that became, uh, it made it super interesting for me. So that's kind of when I decided this is really for me. I love it. I, there, you, you mentioned a couple of things that I wrote down that I love. Um, Listen, uh, there's a lot of uh, flexibility to this business if we do it well. Yeah. There's nobody watching over your shoulder to see whether you're showing up, what you're doing. Uh, that's kind of the good news and bad news of what we do, right? I mean, you don't have anybody that's looking over your shoulder to tell you what to do next. So having a disciplined, kind of a regimented schedule makes a lot of sense for those people. And then you also mentioned uh, building relationships. And I often tell people that, you know, we are in the people business, that relationships matter. Um, uh, again, I often tell people that I'm not in the, the sales business and I understand how we make our, our living. We've got to sell a property to make a living. But if we do the relationship part really well, to your point, uh, we'll sell a lot of real estate. So I love that. Um, here's another. So the kind of the, the follow up question to that would be, I know you've got a database, a workable database, and there's two types of farms in real estate. There's people farms, right? People that we know and have a relationship with. Mm -hmm. And there's a geographic farm. We're going to talk about both of those today on this call. Geographic farm being, you know, a particular neighborhood or, you know, part of the, the city or part of the county that you like to target with items of value on a regular basis. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, your database, uh, maybe, um, you know, how many people roughly do you have in that and who are these people to you? So, Joe, you're absolutely right. And one of the awesome things I found um, when I started coaching with you was 
how to farm my people database more effectively too. So I, I kind of did it without realizing I was doing it and then leveled up with you. Um, so you're absolutely right. Two types um, of, of databases that I have. One is, um, you know, the kind of the, the open house people that I've met, um, you know, the, um, the geographic location people, those sorts of people, that, that's my larger database. And that has, you know, around 1500 people in it. Um, you know, there's also people from my gym and the, and the neighborhood as well. And then um, of that, there's about 150 to 200 people that are my past clients that I've worked with that have, um, you know, either referred real estate to me and worked with me and continue to, to stay in the area because that's also important. A lot of people move away. So um, the 150 to 200 people are the, you know, essentially the, the top list, the A's that I try and hit most often. Mm -hmm. So um, that's the, that's the, uh, the key to my business, really those people. Uh, yeah. Great. Great. Thank you for sharing. So 1500 people roughly in the database, but about 150 to 200 are uh, the people that like, if you pick up the phone and call them, they know who you are. And then the other part of those folks, if I'm hearing you correctly, are people that might be in a geographic farm. They may or may not know you personally, but they get stuff from you on a regular basis. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Exactly, exactly. In fact, last uh, two weekends ago, I was running an open house and um, somebody popped in to visit me and she actually said, oh, you're a Catherine. I get all your marketing. I've been getting it for years. It's so nice to meet you in person. So that's exactly who those people are. That's great. So I would tell people as well, and you know this to be true, uh, geographic farming can be effective, but it's really the long game. I mean, it's uh, unless you, you know, are the president of your homeowner association or you're, you're doing a food drive in the neighborhood every year, something to that effect where you're constantly in front of those people, you know, they get newsletters from us and they might get a phone call or knock on the door occasionally. Um, but really it's that 150 to 200 in your database that I, I would assume feeds your pipeline the most, correct? Absolutely. Do so it's kind of a follow-up question, Catherine. Do you have a particular system, uh, maybe a CRM, Moxie work, something? How do you stay in front of those 150 to 200 or even the 1500 people with like regular items of value, newsletters, market updates, that sort of thing? What is your system for staying in touch with those folks? So I, you know, that's, that's kind of the key to the business, right? The, the systems that you have in place. So, you know, with Windermere, they make it really easy with Moxie Works and having a newsletter that they can send out to your database. So that's what the 1500 or so people get every month <clears throat> and anything kind of company specific like that. But, um, and also one of the things that I do is I record videos, I record video updates, um, and I send that out to everybody as well once a month. So they get a, a company specific type newsletter, and then they get a little sprinkle of personalized me. So th they kind of get hit up every two weeks or so. But more specifically, the people that um, are my close people, my 150 people, mm -hmm. um, they get touched more often and more personally that sounds kind of weird doesn't it um they they I actually 
have a newsletter that I've designed and written and with the help of my office staff I put that together and that's generally something that's um, happening in the market or something that I experienced so it is written you know voiced from me and then I'll add you know I just listed or I just sold and then I'll throw some data in because you know the data is really important to me and also a lot of the people around here too so those people get something that's once a quarter and then you know those people I also send videos to but they get personalized email uh, personalized videos rather than um, just the generic here you're on a mailing list type um, email good that's actually that's a great segue I wanted to talk to you about uh, the personal videos that you could do actually there are two things that you do Catherine that I think are really terrific and I think a lot of agents do like a market update videos or something in a real estate market related mm -hmm. and uh, and they use statistics and so on. But I think you do that uh, to a greater degree than other people. Uh, you're more consistent than I see with other brokers, which I really appreciate. But one of the things that you do that I don't see a, a lot of people doing, which is the first thing I want to talk about next, is your use of personal videos. Now, I, I know like other people in, in our industry, you like to write personal notes. And I'm a Gosh, I could talk for an hour on the power of a personal note and the and, uh, the, the effect and the, the, the amount of um, love that we can share to people through a personal note and the effect that it has on people. But you do something that's even more unique and that you do personal videos uh, mm -hmm. in it, it kind of in addition to the personal notes that you do. So kind of two part question. Um, first of all, how did you get the idea to do personal videos? Oh, I went to um, like an industry event and there were mortgage brokers and there were, you know, past managing brokers. Actually, it was a John L. Scott managing broker that was speaking and they were talking. This was, oh, gosh, like six years ago or so. And they were talking about the power of video. Video was going to be the next thing. And if we didn't get on video, we were going to get left behind. And I was terrified. I was like, oh, no, that's the worst thing I could possibly do. And sitting next to me was a guy who's since become my friend. And he actually um, had just sold an escrow company. And he said to me, what do you think of that? I have a, a system that I've been using that's super successful if you want to have coffee and talk about it. So we did. So it was actually, you know, um, not something I was you know, enthusiastic or wanted to embrace, but I kind of knew I had to do it. So, and I knew that it had been successful for, you know, a similar industry. Um, so I was like, all right, I'll just give this a go and add that to the fact that I hate making phone calls. Like, I hate making phone calls with a passion. So I was like, okay, this kind of serves two purposes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, I love that. M most people hate making phone calls to your point. I think they make phone calls kind of um, reluctantly because they're afraid of, of what other people might think the phone call is about. Maybe we're pestering people for business. Mm -hmm. um, and I know, you know, but when I made phone calls and I still make them today, but when I made phone calls as a, as a, an agent that sold a lot of real estate, the phone calls were really around uh, everyone's personal life and not too personal, but I, you know, I'd hear through the proverbial grapevine, right? What people are, mm -hmm. what's happening in their life, uh, yeah, getting a job, getting a promotion, losing their job, having babies, that sort of thing. Today, the proverbial grapevine is what? It's the internet, it's, it's social media. It's what we read on Instagram or Facebook. 
Um, but I made a lot of phone calls and I just told myself that when I'm going to call Catherine, it's to say, hello, how are you doing? What's going on in your world? And not ask you for business. And I think that's where most of us get hung up. But the videos are, are I think, even more personal because they get to see your face. So um, I love that part of your business. Now, what typically is your message? Do you have like a regular theme? Or again, are you like uh, cruising the internet to find out what people are sharing and then responding based on what they might share on Facebook or Instagram? Um, a, a little bit of both. So, you know, having an accent can work for you and against you. And especially speaking on the phone, depending on the age of your client can be more or less tricky. So um, again, that's another plug for doing the video because you can smile. They could have you on mute. You can smile and say hello. And that's pretty much all people, you know, need. A lot of, you know, I often see some people don't um, watch the whole video. They just know it's me and they'll write back, hey, nice video or something like that. Um, it's just enough to see me and, you know, know that I'm talking to them. Generally, no, I, I, um, I, I mean, I do see what's going on with people, but I like to reach out at certain times of the year and also coordinate that with something that I've either, either put in the mail or um, an event that I have coming up or, you know, just a, a, a holiday. So, you know, at Thanksgiving, I'll just say, hey, I'm just wishing you and your family a wonderful Thanksgiving and would love to catch up with you in the new year. So absolutely not asking for anything, not telling them anything, just just as you would send a text, essentially. But it's just that much more personal, you know, put a smile on your face and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I do like to put things in the mail or do a pop by. So I tend to kind of time the two things together. So I would say, you know, to you, Joe, hey, Joe, I hope your summer's going really well. Take a look at your letterbox in the next few days. There's something in there um, from me to you. I hope you make the most of it. And, you know, that's when I put, you know, there will be a handwritten note or a card and it will be, you know, a car wash coupon or something that's, you know, easily mailable um, that, you know, just shows that I care and I'm thinking mm -hmm. of them. I love it. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about Popeyes a little more specifically here in a moment, but I want to follow up on something you said. You said that uh, when you send the personal videos, they don't always watch the entire video. <laughs> but 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 I think the fact, and this is, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the fact that they get to see your smiling face, they get to hear your voice, uh, they know that you're reaching out to them with, uh, with a personal message. Even if they don't watch the whole video, I think it still has an effect on them. Would you agree? Absolutely. And and the fact that they, um, they get the visual. People are much more visual than they are. Like if I leave a voicemail, I don't know if that would ever get answered. Unless we're in the middle of a transaction, of course. But leaving a voicemail, you know, I've started and I thought, no, I'm just going to drop videos. And I can text them or email them. And yes, I just, you know, you can create banners and things like that. And it's, you know, I'll, I will have a banner that will say just saying hi or thinking of you. So, you know, the message is there as soon as they open the video. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think the same rule applies, in my opinion, the same rule applies to sending out a newsletter or a market report or in our case at Wittenberg, the you know, the Gardner report, which I think is brilliant uh, once a quarter. I, you know, whether they watch the entire video, whether they read the, the entire newsletter, the fact that they receive it, they see that our name, our photograph, uh, you know, possibly our, our contact information, our company logo, that sort of thing. I think the message that they get 
is that A, we care about them. B, we're still in business. And C, if you've got any questions about real estate, I'm your person. And so whether they read the whole newsletter or whether they watch the whole video, the fact that they got it from us, I think the message still applies. Exactly. Good. Um, so um, the follow-up question that I had for that too is, do you, what kind of reaction do you get? Uh, do anybody ever like ping you back? Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Or I know when I send out personal notes, and this is not 100%, but when I send out a note to somebody, I generally get a note in return, or I'll get an email, or I'll get a text message in return saying, got your note, Joe, thank you so much. Same thing applies to the video message. What kind of response do you typically get uh, from, from those messages? Exactly the same thing. Um, you know, nice to see your smiling face. Thank you for thinking of us, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, oftentimes, you know, I'll say, let me know if you'd like to catch up for coffee. And that can lead to, you know, having seen somebody in person too, which I think is really important in this industry as well. So yeah, most often I get a reaction in the positive for sure. I love it. Yeah, the personal one-on-ones, the coffee dates, the lunch dates, the happy hours, those things I think um, matter the most because uh, because we have to be live in a person with people. So here's another question for you. I, we talked about you know market updates or sending out items of value like newsletters and market reports. The next question is kind of in three parts and I'll attack them one at a time. Um, but the first part of the question is uh, the updates that you send out. Is there a particular, you know, like uh, neighborhood in terms of geographic farming, a particular neighborhood or area in, you know, King County, Issaquah, Kahani? Uh, is there a particular area that you'd like to target? Um, you mentioned 1,500 people initially is, is the people in your, your database. How many of those are neighborhoods or people that you, uh, you send out in a geographic farm? So my geographic farm is probably about 100 to 150, and they would get my newsletter um, every quarter. And, you know, maybe, you know, and also, you know, or treats around the holidays or something like that. So the, the other thing that I like to send out, um, you know, is I do a collaboration with Boehm's at Valentine's Day, and I send out a postcard, and it's, and it's got me on it. And it says, bring this postcard to Bohm's and you get a piece of, you get a piece of candy on me. Mm -hmm. And so again, they've got my photo and all that kind of stuff. So that's my geographic farm. Um, and that is neighborhoods near me, neighborhoods, you know, again, I send all that kind of stuff through title and they will cherry pick the people that they think are most likely to sell, but they are neighborhoods that I like, my own neighborhood, neighborhoods near me and ones that I've been working on for, you know, pretty much the entirety of the time I've been in real estate. Great. How long have you been targeting that particular geographic farm? Give me the, I mean, numbers of months or numbers of years. It would be in years. So some of them, so actually my very first um, non-open house transaction, it was a buy and a sell I got from doing a postcard. Now, I don't see that kind of return on investment anymore, but because I have had that happen, mm -hmm. I'm very reticent to stop. So some of those neighborhoods I have been farming for, you know, 12 years. And in fact, a lot of those people have become, have moved from the farm mm -hmm. to my 150 to 200 people and are now on my coffee rotation because now, even though they may not have 
bought or sold with me yet they call me and ask me when should I put a roof on I think I'm gonna you know I think I want to sell next year and so I'm you know their trusted advisor so mm -hmm. I've built a relationship through that now that is a really long game um so you know I don't expect that in in this market anymore you're going to see that that quick turnaround but you know I would say some of them I've been farming you know 10 12 years that's great. So the, really, for those that are listening, if, if you have a geographic farm, it's really the long game, to your point. It's making a commitment that every quarter or every month, however your, your cadence is, that they're getting something of value from you. Now, the other thing that I encourage people to do with geographic farms, and Catherine, I'm sure you'll agree with this, is you deliver gifts to some of those folks. Um, I, I, you know, I hosted parties in my home for my geographic farm. I honestly, I had a, I, about 100 excuse me, I had about 75 people in my geographic farm back when I sold real estate. And it was my own neighborhood, people that I lived around. And in order to make that geographic farm work for me, I was involved in the association. Uh, I hosted a, a Christmas party or holiday party every year, my wife and I. We did a, a food drive right around Thanksgiving where my kids were collecting food from our neighbors. I have pictures of my kids pulling the red wagon around the neighborhood, picking up canned goods and so on. So we got actively involved in the neighborhood. And even though there were lots of agents that farmed that neighborhood, uh, I had a greater success rate because I was a part of that community. I was involved in the community. They saw me in person all the time. So that's really the key to geographic farming, in my opinion, is uh, be actively involved with those folks. Here, here's another question. And I know it's the, the data points that you send out. I know that Windermere does a great job, and you mentioned your office does a great job. Where do you find your statistical data when you're sending out those, those market updates? Um, where do you get that information? So where I kind of start is I, I actually quite like Realtor as a mm -hmm. website. Um, they have pretty interesting articles. So I you know, read every day about real estate, and I will find something in Realtor that kind of, you know, catches my fancy a little bit and so then I will go to the um, MLS and I basically just dig around in the MLS and analyze the data and see if you know what I've read about in Realtor um, if those trends that they're talking about because they are you know often talking about trends and data driven if those trends hold true here and then I'll look you know, specifically at King County, and then I'll break it down to different areas and see if I can spot any market trends that are going on as well. So I think that comes from having, you know, the science background. I am really interested in seeing if it holds true everywhere. And if not, what can I see that's different? Because often I will see something quite different on the east side from Seattle, um, but you don't pick that up when you see the general King County trends. Right, that's a great point. Uh, sometimes Seattle and East Side, Bellevue, Redmond, Kirkland, Issaquah, it's a different market and the, the stats don't always reflect the same kind of information in terms of you know market time and values and that sort of thing. So um, the MLS, I think does such a great job of providing that, that data for us every single mm -hmm. month. Uh, just go to the stats page at the MLS and they'll provide all the information for you. So kind of the third question of the social media, like how often do you post uh, your social media update videos and what platforms do you typically like? Facebook, Instagram, do you find one better than the other? How many do you use sort of thing? So as many as I can. I'm not on TikTok, <clears throat> um, but I do. So, so my idea 
in an ideal month is once a month I will do a market update and that's I try and do that as quickly as to when the MLS updates the data so that I can see what's happened between the last month and then the last year so I'll do that once a month I'll record that video and I've tried to make them shorter because you know initially when I started they were quite long and I was really just targeting Facebook because to be perfectly honest that's where the majority of my clients were and how people were seeing me now um now i've i've shortened it down to as as quick as possible um we know they're under one minute you know maybe one minute 30 is where i would stretch to to try and get a decent amount of information across that's instagram right and and i i feel that a lot more people um are on instagram now than they were before so what I do is I post to Facebook. I have an you know a personal page and um, a business page, Instagram. Um, I have it on YouTube as well, and then um, I also post um, market updates to LinkedIn, and that's actually a really nice way of keeping mm -hmm. up with people that um, you know that of course are trying to sell you things, um, but <clears throat> people that aren't on social media. You know, there are quite a few of my clients that aren't on social media, or if they are, they're not very active. But LinkedIn is one area that they certainly are. So LinkedIn's really important. So to finish off my plan, I do one market update a month at the beginning of the month. And ideally, I will have um, a house listed or a house, something house related that I can put up on that third week of, of the month on social media on those same platforms so that um, when I look at the demographics and people watching my videos, women tend to look at videos of houses more and men tend to look at videos of me talking. Um, so go figure. So if I can do both, <laughs> uh, then I'm going to do both. And I also think that keeps it interesting. So a little bit of houses and then a little bit of um, of data as well. I love it. That's great. So I wrote I wrote a couple of things down. Um, you the length of time I think is important. You said a minute to a minute thirty for the videos. Um, I think all too often we see you know three, four, five minute videos on on social media, and honestly, after about ninety seconds, you lose my interest anyway. So you're keeping your short, which is great. And then you mentioned three different platforms. You said Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, and uh, LinkedIn. Now. For our audience, what I can tell you is Facebook is typically uh, for older, I hate to put an age on it, but if you're maybe over 40 years of age, Facebook uh, is probably where you go to for your information. If you're under 40, Instagram, I think for the younger audience, is people that are, are looking at those. But LinkedIn uh, is kind of interesting. It's where you find a lot of business professionals posting things. And um, I find there's a lot of great content on LinkedIn. So if you're listening to this podcast today and you're posting things on social media, please don't eliminate LinkedIn. I think that's a great source of, of uh, information, both uh, to receive and to push out. So Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn are great sources for uh, your, your uh, messaging. Um, I want to talk just for a second as we get to a, the end of this thing about pod, uh, a Popeye gifts. I know you deliver Popeye gifts. And so really my question is, if you've got maybe an example or two of uh, the gifts that you send, uh, how often you send them. Uh, and then I and I want to share everybody, maybe share with us uh, some of the, the, the gifts that you send and kind of the, the, the response you get from some of those Popeye gifts. 
Okay. Um, okay. That, that's kind of interesting. So I talked about having a collaboration with Bohm's. Um, they're really good to me. Um, letting me, you know, I said, I send out, um, a postcard at Valentine's day and they let me basically, you know, give somebody that walks in with my postcard, a piece of chocolate and they charge me at the end of the month. So they're really good to me. And so in, in return at Christmas time, I always buy, their rocky roads for my 150 to 200 people so that's my consistent thing that I do every year and you know right around um that Thanksgiving Christmas time it works really well for delivering a gift like that because let's be honest real estate's pretty quiet then mm -hmm. so I deliver that consistently every year um it used to be people were super excited to see me and then COVID happened and then nobody wanted to see <laughs> right. me um, but you know, with the, with the advent of the ring camera and all that kind of stuff, that's kind of fun. Um, you know, I'll ring the doorbell, I'll hold up, you know, what I've got and I'll wave and say, Hey, it's Catherine. And lots of people will say, Oh, I'm so sorry. We're not home, but thank you. And I'll show them where I'm putting it. Um, so that's kind of fun. So people are always really grateful and super excited to see me. Um, the difficulty that I have doing a pop by is that people always want to ask you in mm. and have a chat. And, you know, I'm like, I'm sorry, I've got 20 more houses to get to today mm. and I don't want to be doing this all night. So, you know, I always say, no, I'm just popping by, um, but I'd love to catch up after the holidays and see you. So there's that. Um, and in the summertime, I like to do a bottle of wine. I probably won't do that to, I'm more discerning about who I do that to um, because not all my clients drink. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and also that one's a little more expensive because I don't want to give them three buck chuck. I do actually want to get them a nice bottle of wine from right. New Zealand. So, so that, you know, isn't the 200 people. That's probably my top 75. Um, so those two are the consistent ones um, every year that are, I physically go by and deliver. And then the other things are things that I will put in the mail, like a, a car wash coupon or another one that I like to do um, that's kind of a little more low key is um, with the uh, Flatiron restaurant in Issaquah. They actually let me uh, pay for an entree if someone goes in and buys one. So um, again, you know, just a collaboration with them put that out in a like a, a buy one get one free then exactly uh, that's you, awesome you that's a great idea entree and Catherine will buy you the second one so you know it's kind of like nice for a date night so so those are the kinds so it's not strictly speaking a pop buy but it is addressed to my people and it is personal and is something of value so um so that's uh that's something else that I like to do that's great. So I'm going to circle back. You mentioned, I think you said Bones Candy. Is that the candy company in Issaquah? Is that yeah, yeah? Yeah. I try and I try and support local. So the, same, so the candy store and yeah. then the Issaquah, um, you know, the restaurants there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for, for closing gifts and things like that, I try and buy down at the local village down there too. I love that. Support, supporting the local folks in the area. You know, one of the things that I did in terms of candy uh, in, in February, right around Valentine's Day, because I sorted my database into A, Bs, and Cs based on the level of relationship and how well I knew you and how often I was in front of you. And I had about 25 or so families or households that lived in that A circle. Uh, they got a box of C's candy, much like your Bones candy. Uh, they got a box of C's candy 
and a little personal note or Valentine's card right around Valentine's Day in February. So it's a really terrific way to, to just kind of recognize those, those A clients, the people that uh, you do life with on a regular basis. Um, so the last thing I, I know, speaking of gifts, um, I know you do a lot of repeat and a lot of referral business. Mm-hmm. And you shared a story with me one time uh, about giving a, a pair of Gucci earrings to somebody that sends you a lot of business. Me talk about that for a moment, or maybe other things that you've done to recognize people that are, are good referral sources for you. Okay, um, she was, she was, and still is a terrific referral source. Um, she sent me a lot of business, and you know, of course, I helped them buy their house, and when they moved to Texas, I helped them sell their house, and so I had to think of ways um, to say thank you to her for always connecting me with her friends that I could put in the mail but would still be nice to have so yeah um, I did buy her Gucci earrings I did actually buy her um, a wallet from Prada as well and of course it's it's nicely packaged up and it's got a nice card so it's 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 a wow it really is a wow so um, and she totally deserves it um, what else do I do? You know, the other thing I like to do is um, is restaurants. So oftentimes people, you know, would like to go to a restaurant, but they don't make time for it or, you know, it's not a priority. So I would buy um, gift cards to like John Howie. I've done a gift card to um, Canlis as well for people, um, depending on, of course, <laughs> the preferred yeah, role. Canlis is nice, but can be a little spendy, but I love Canlis. A little spendy. <laughs> um, so that, that I also, um, one of my clients that sent me a wonderful referral um, of her brother and sister-in-law, she was pregnant at the time. So I got her... Um, you know, like a, a spa day. So she got to go and get a nice massage and things like that, you know, before she had the baby. So I just try and keep it um, thoughtful and a little luxe and something that people wouldn't do for themselves. The other thing when I um, would send out, uh, you know, say a, a, a gift card to a restaurant is I would also suggest that my daughter can be your babysitter too. So there's literally um, no reason that they uh, they can't do it, you know, and I'm of course I'm going to pay for her time yeah. too. So just just a a nice like you're special to me. You did something really nice for me. Let me do something really nice for you. That that little personal touch, I think, just goes such a long way with people. When we especially when we think about you know giving them a date night out, we're going to pay for uh, childcare to watch their their children. I think that just the message that sends, I think, is really huge. If really, one I get one more question for you. We have a lot of new listeners, uh, or new to the business uh, listeners, Catherine. A lot of people that got their license, you know, in the last year or two, they're fairly new to real estate. I I know that when I started my career, there are a lot of things I do differently today if I were to start my real estate career. I mean, if you had like one piece of advice to give to the people that are fairly new to real estate, starting out their careers, or one thing that maybe you might have done differently or earlier in your career. Yeah, for sure. So what I did do that I found very successful and I still continue to do, so I'm going to push this, um, is open houses. Mm -hmm. That was the biggest source of my business for um, the the beginning of my career. And I still think consistently, you know, I still get people in there. So if you can hold an open house for somebody, I think that's fantastic. One thing that I didn't do that I think I should have is um, gone to more experienced brokers. 
asked their advice and seen what I could have done for them for free, mm-hmm. um, you know, such as holding open houses, delivering flyers, just be your their general help and gain that kind of experience. And I'm pretty sure that if you would do something like that, you would probably get some referrals from them with business that they don't want to do. The other the other area that I would work a little harder um, is is mortgage brokers. Uh, it's what I've learned at the you know at this point in my career is that mortgage brokers will send you referrals if you're sending them to them. So you just need to sit down and get a, a group of mortgage brokers that, that you feel comfortable with, that have the same work ethic as you and work out a relationship where you can send them business and they'll send it back to you. And, you know, that one's free. You can't mm-hmm. give a mortgage broker referral fee. You don't need to. So um, you just got to send them business back again. And I, th- I think I would have started that much sooner. That's such a great point. We talk a lot about about real estate being a relationship business. And I think most of us think it in terms of buyers and sellers or people mm-hmm. in our database or people in our neighborhood, but relationships also go to our title reps, our mortgage folks, you know, the, the structural inspector that we like to use. Are we inviting those people out for coffee or dinner, inviting them to a, a client event at some point and treating those, maybe those ancillary services with a lot of love and care like we do our buyers and sellers, the people in our database. That's a, an excellent point. Thank you. Well, that's exactly what I found. And in fact, I even went on and sold my home inspector's house for him because Mm. I consistently sent him so much business and he respected my business. So yeah, all those people that are, you know, part of your relationships and build them. Great. Well, Catherine, thank you. Look, if people have questions, you know, anything that we shared today or questions for you, is there a best way to reach you? Yeah, absolutely. I respond really quickly on um, if you text me, but otherwise email wide open. Maybe give us your uh, your email address and, and your phone number if you're comfortable with that so people know how to get hold of you. Of course. So I'm Catherine Weir at windermere.com and my phone number is 206-313-9714. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Catherine. It's, it's all obviously been a pleasure to work with you these past three years. Um, I love the, the work that you're doing uh, and you do lots of things well, but I think the, the video stuff that you're doing is, is, is exceptional. And I, I hope that the message today is that, that you know, video messaging uh, or video updates done really well that are short, but a lot of good content. So you hold their attention, you're sharing some value with them, I think is key uh, to our real estate business. Thank you again. You're welcome. Thanks, Joe. All right. So if you like what you heard today, please feel free to share this with someone. If you have any ideas or topics you'd like to hear in the future, you can reach me at joe at joegalindocoaching.com. I'll give that to you again. That's joe, J-O-E at J-O-E-G-A-L-I-N-D-O coaching.com. As we like to say at Whittier Coaching, be awesome and help someone. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you soon. just want to thank you for listening to Ask a Coach, the Windermere podcast. If you found our content helpful, please feel free to share it. And we always end our podcast by saying, be awesome and help somebody and make it a great day.